0: Hey everyone, this is Dan I just wanted to start this episode off with a warning During this episode, I mentioned uh, one of the music tracks When the gal, um, whatever her name is, we'll talk about that Is uh, um, taking her clothes off, getting her bikini, uh, getting down on her bikini by the pool I said it's a track called I Love Blondes And I'll talk more about that in the episode It's actually not a track called I Love Blondes It's a track called Cocktail Molotov And it's a Fabio Fritzi Track, but I, I just want to apologize. I, I think what it was is I was, I was looking at the pieces soundtrack that comes with the Grindhouse Blu-ray. I was looking at the tracks, and there was a blonde stripping down her bikini, and I saw the track "I Love Blondes," and I thought, that, "Oh, this is it!" Now the tracks one of them is heavily saxophone led one um i i that's um that's cocktail molotov i love blondes is more of kind of a guitar kind of kind of thing and that comes later on when the gal is doing the dancing um in the sort of a um uh ballet sort of room later on you, you 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 know what i'm talking about but but she's a blonde so that's why and so so i apologize i made a mistake uh but um i think i did it just because i love blondes is a funny title for a song and when i told my wife i was listening to a song called i love blonde she laughed out loud so it is my mistake whenever you hear me mention i love blondes in this episode think of cocktail molotov and what will happen is when we get to the episode where we cover the gal who's dancing listening to i love blondes i will discuss where cocktail molotov comes from. And in this one we'll get I love lot. So you can kind of if you want, you could take the episode, make an MP3 of it and lift a portion out and put in another portion and then take the portion out there and put and everything will be fine cuz I'm a little too lazy to do it myself. Love you all. Listen to this. Warning. What you will see in the movie pieces cannot be revealed. Cannot be described. Cannot even be imagined and you don't have to go to texas for a chainsaw massacre pieces it's exactly what you think it is pieces absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted Hi. Hi. Uh, you've been studying two hours of european history i'm going to the pool there's our favorite professor how'd you like to make it with him are you kidding (gasps) The campus classic. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's not nice. I think he's a sugar plum. Down, girl. You know what they say about sugar. Yeah, take care. I don't know what they say about sugar either, and unfortunately, that's the end of that scene. Hi, I'm Dan. Welcome to Pieces and Pieces, a minute-by-minute-ish podcast covering J.P. Simon's Pieces, which I'm looking at the grindhouse Blu-ray, and it says '83. And I've read that it came out in the U.S. in '82, but it was made in '81. I got no freaking clue, folks. I generally say eighty-one, eighty-two. I guess I could go off of the. Uh... Oh, it's got a European aspect ratio one-six-six, huh? Great set, by the way, great set. And yes, as I've mentioned before, I do have the one with. Oh, sorry, that was me picking it up. The Naked Lady puzzle, which I have not taken apart and put together yet. I'm. I'm worried. It's it's almost like um. Uh, I I forget what year Rubik's Cube became big And do you remember there was a Saturday morning cartoon about This is me closing the the setup There was a Saturday morning cartoon about Rubik's Cube Called like Rubik's or something Which I want to watch immediately But when I was a kid One year, is it 83, 84? I was 10, I was 11, I was a little jerk um, I was given the Rubik's cube and the Missing Link. Do you remember that one? It was like um, it was like three stacked squares with like links on them, and you turned them and moved them. As opposed to the Rubik's cube, which was a cube. And I remember. Getting the Rubik's cube and being like, I can do this. And when you get when you get the cube and you'd open it up, it was it was done. It was complete. All the colors were properly matched on each side. So I was like, okay, I can do this. And it was like, you know, I had a cousin who was like, okay. So you want to just go and you want to turn it here and tu- 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 tu, you know, and just tear it all apart and then put it back together. I never got that Rubik's cube back together. I, the I think I would have preferred someone giving me vhs or beta at that time copies of the series Rubiks or whatever the heck it was called because i remember just being so annoyed at the rubik's cube but then there were folks i knew who were like oh let me have a look at that dang put it together and it was like how the i i didn't know these words when i was a kid but how the f did you did you figure that out and that's the thing again i'm picking it up and looking at you know the um The the puzzle that the the grindhouse set comes with is what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I could have just gone 3 times 5, but it's 15 pieces. And I'm afraid that if I crack it open and dismantle it, one, it it seems to be stuck to the back of this cardboard, so if I actually break it open and try to dismantle it, I think I'll be busting it. But two, if I do that, I fear that I'll never be able to put it back together. Now, I do know the way a woman's naked body looks. However, at least one, two, three, four, five, six pieces in this don't have lady's naked body in it. So I fear for my sanity if I break this apart and it will never get broken apart. So let's talk about what happens in these. Whoa, whoa, geez, I didn't even say we're doing minutes 18 through 21 in here we are going from uh let's see, a character who uh is named Kendall. We don't know he's named Kendall at the start of it, but the gal who goes to the pool, who who wants to do it underwater, yells, Kendall, when she hears someone approach, she thinking it's him, so we know his name is Kendall. He's a guy and he's in a nice sweater. He's a good looking guy and he uh, you know he's got his uh, glasses reading glasses. Which you know back when I was um you know, I, I've worn glasses since <coughs> Fifth grade, uh, the first uh, set of glasses I ever had had little Superman logos on the side of them, and I had a Flintstones case because they they didn't have the Flintstone glasses, and they didn't have a Superman case, so I had to make do. And I was like, I like the Flintstones, I like Superman, put them together. So you get you get this guy, this Kendall, he's got his reading glasses, and um, I'm trying to think how many folks I knew and college who had reading glasses because mine are, I'm nearsighted so mine I can't see, if I take these off I can barely read the audacity no, I can read it for the, but I can barely read the subtitles on the TV which which is uh 10 feet away from me 12 feet away from me so but 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 like farsightedness in i don't i don't know i it was never an issue with me but he does have those glasses and he puts them on to read and as i mentioned the previous moment a uh, minute the gal takes off with her shiny shiny jeans and like she like when we see her she's got like i don't know i don't know what the measurements are for behinds but when we actually see her like in her bathing suit she's got like a Peach-sized ass But looks more like a grapefruit-sized Behind in those jeans I don't know, is there, do we have a, is there a scale? Is there some sort of scale from Sweden or something That can give us, give us the the behind Um, uh, rating Not rating, the behind, um, sizing Sizing? Sizage? So, yeah, and you see Kendall, and, and so this Begins with him like, yeah, I'm gonna Be there in an hour And he throws the, um, the note to the garbage can and it doesn't go in the garbage can and we see the uh, apparently the killer who with his with his long trench coat and, and black shoes and black gloves and, and dark hat pick up the note, read it, and then leave in a steady cam shot, sort of going past Kendall and everyone, and then it cuts to the gals having that conversation you heard in the hallway. And it's it's the, the blonde, uh, who who is going to the pool and two other gals, one oh jeez, Francine, I think is one of her their names, and because we'll see, I believe it's Francine at the end of the at the end of this episode. Francine appears briefly, and she will be in the next episode. I don't know the other gal's name. The gal who's like, oh, he's the closet queen, and uh, that that gal, uh, she's like, um, she's a in a multicolored shirt in in this one, and so we get that brief brief moment of where are you going, and, and I don't quite. We can talk about that scene in a moment. Then the rest of the minute is basically this gal goes to this pool, which is very dark. And it's it's weird because it's like, you know, I want to have sex in the pool. And so you'd think you'd go to a very private place to do that. And... They kind of do, except for the fact that there's enormous windows behind them that look out into, like, woodsy area or something like, you know, part of the campus. Now, I have no idea if that... I mean, I imagine looking at it that they didn't build that pool. This wasn't a high-budgeted film. Uh, So I imagine this was a location, and they just kept people from walking back and forth um, behind behind the pool, but... It is, it is it is nighttime too so it is is one of the, yeah so so she takes her clothes off uh, she takes her, her, her clothes off except for her bikini and she puts a red ribbon in her hair she takes her, her her bikini top off swims for a bit the killer has gone into the room she thinks it's Kendall the killer grabs like a fishing net um grabs her head pulls her in um pulls her up onto the edge and i guess like the the tr- trauma of having a fishing net put over your head kind of puts her in a daze luckily the killer has a chainsaw nearby presumably he didn't have that in the library and he attacks her with it swings the chainsaw at her she screams and then the last moment is we're back in the um in the library and francine who looks for a brief moment a bit like kendall is uh, sitting kind of in Kendall's spot in front of the card catalog, and a kind of um, goofy, nerdy kind of guy comes in in the background as an older professor is looking at something on the other side of the card catalog. A lot of older folks, presumably professors, looking up stuff in here. But but those are the, uh, those are the minutes we're covering here. Let me just... I want to say something that I didn't realize until I went into it. So when the gal... and we'll talk about her in a moment... <clears throat> when she goes into the um, uh, uh, pool there's a you know that that music is playing and it is a tune called I Love Blondes from a movie called Taxi Girl Which which like um what is it La La Ombra Del whatever the heck it was um was it it's un ombra nel ombra And now I found Taxi Girl. Taxi Girl, 1977 film with the, oh, the, the, the pants melting Edvig Finetch. Finetch. And she plays, from what I've seen, it's like she takes over like her dad's or something like that, like taxi company and she drives around. I've never seen it. It is on, you can find it. It's not in English. So I'm a little... Um, vague on it. Um, how it's a comedy, and I love the fact that this might be some f- super screwball. You know, th- this was the time of all the what the Spencer and Hill films and uh, things. I would love that something screwball like that. And when I looked up images for it, one of the main images I saw was either a topless or naked Edvig, um in driving her cab. And um, that was fun. So, so this is a track called "I Love Blondes" uh, from there. Um, which, when you see the gal, she she is. It's funny because the the gal in it. Okay, so let's. Oh God, I keep I, all these tangents. So I'll just say on Wikipedia, her name is Jenny. In the in the dubbing, her name is Susan. Because the gal, the multicolored um, coat wearing gal you you heard her like mm, wh- would you like to uh, how would you like to spend some time with him or so, uh, susan or whatever it is she says but we know that the other gal is named francine so she is talking to the blonde and the blonde she has kind of a, a heather graham sort of look to her i think especially when she's getting undressed but then it's weird because she i'm, I'm looking here uh, the actress's name is christina Cotterelli. coterelli um so presumably Spanish, Spanish gal. Um, uh, although that—that's I, I, the way I said it sounded more Italian, but but certainly um, not the kind of. Uh, well, I guess you—you, you, they're they're blonde, Spanish uh, gals and Italian gals. No, I don't. I don't want to. Here, I, oh boy! Thank you for joining uh, Dan Bunnock's horribly racist podcast. I apologize, but 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 it's weird because when you see her at a distance. She looks very much like a sort of... With her USA shirt she looks like a, very much like an all-American blonde. And there's a song I'm playing called I Love Blondes. But when she gets pulled up out of the water and her hair is all like slicked back and wet, she does look more European. She does look more like the other gals, like Francine and uh, like that gal. Uh, my friends say they're funny gal who clearly look European to me. And it, it's weird that the moment you kind of wet her hair down, she suddenly... Uh, changes nationalities now again. I apologize, <laughs> but 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 look look at it, watch it, watch it. I just watched it three times. That that's one of the things I notice is when she gets pulled out of the pool, it's clearly the same gal, but she looks more. She looks more like you know she should be in, you know, Assignment Terror rather than Greece kind of thing. So we'll go from there. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So is she Jenny? Is she Susan? I I I, I um. Uh, I, actually, I have written down at the top of my notes the saga of Jenny, but then she gets called Susan, and and I think in the in the next episode we'll find out her name was Susan. But it's weird that like when I looked her name up, it says Jenny. And here's the thing: I've watched pieces more times than you've had hot dinners. You son of a bitch! I'm kidding. I that was not directed to any one of you in in particular. But um no one under 17 will be admitted oh i love that i'm sorry i've got the um i've got the blue right here and i i love those early 80s films when they had no one under 17 will be admitted because when you were under 17 that meant that was the most depraved thing you could see and then you go see pieces and it'll be like (laughs) this is effing awesome anyway so what's a Yeah, and do 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 z ba I love blondes. You love blondes. Hey de-de-de-de-de. hey, hey. And uh, yeah. So anyway, anyway, we all love blondes. So uh we, you know, here's here's the thing. I was part of a, um, part my sniffling. I've got some, um, uh, temperatures going up and down where we are. And, uh, and I'm getting some allergies. Um, but when I was a no dumping, what does that say? No, there's a sign in the, um, in the sign of the library. Let me, let me look in a little closer here. No smoking. I thought it might say no swearing, no dumping. I, I couldn't quite tell. No stumping, no smoking. What was I talking about? Oh, oh yeah, um. So we had a... Right before I'm recording this, we had, we've had we been doing live tweets during the um, stay-at-home for Made for TV Mayhem show, and the wonderful Amanda Reyes and myself have been uh, live tweeting uh, TV movies, and we did I Saw What You Did, the remake from 88, directed by Fred Walton with Shawnee Smith and Candace Cameron and the other gal whose name I'm forgetting and two Carradines. And, and when I was like 15 or so, I was convinced that like... Um, like Shawnee Smith, like the really attractive blonde Was the ultimate in gals In fact, the first gal I went out with in high school For an extended period of time Was like a hot blonde um, Now now before that, oddly enough I, I went out with several gals who weren't like that at all I went out with a goth kind of gal And a heavy metal gal And they weren't, um, they weren't the blondes at all But I wound up with the blonde And so, to me, at that time, I love blondes that was around the first time I saw pieces. I have since expanded my horizons. Um, that that was I think that was um, you know you get a knocked into your head when you're a dumb you know white kid you know that 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 that's uh what you're what you're looking at kind of thing but but it is funny because when you see the gal in this m- thing i'm like yeah and when she goes and she's got her bikini on and she when she's taking off her jeans all i could think was forgive me take your boots off first because she like pulls her jeans like two-thirds of the way down her legs and then she takes the boots off take the boots off first and maybe maybe wear some socks with those i don't know i um that's just that's just me i will also add that that's something i've always thought with this is there is when she when it looks like she reaches around the back of her head and it looks like she's taking her top off i always thought it takes her a long time to do that and then when he pulls her out of the water it looks it always looks to me like she has like um uh, like blood or something on her neck but it's a ribbon. When she sets down her books, she's got like this ribbon in her hand that's underneath the books and you see her pulling out from underneath the books. And when I th- I always thought she was taking her top off, she's actually tying back her hair with this ribbon. She pauses, then she pulls the top off. And and that ribbon has gone down around her neck, which looks like blood. It's It's sort of like there's a a christmasy ted the father ted christmas episode there's a there's a bit where the, all the priests get stuck in the lingerie section and one of them um and there's this long line of priests like uh, descending back into the shot and one of them in the back like yells and falls over and as ted rushes towards him and the camera rushes towards him it looks like it, there's this red all over its face and on the ground you think oh my god what happened it's a red bra he was playing with a bra and it snapped back and hit him in the face that's what the ribbon is like. The first time I watched this, I thought, "Oh no, she's bleeding all over the." No, no, she's fine. I, I remember thinking, "Like wow, that's like that must be like um, like a uh, like a fish uh, like a, I we call pool net. I guess like, when I grew up at the pool, we didn't have nets like that. We had strainers that you would put through and get stuff out. We didn't have like fishing nets. Um, that might be a um, Spanish Boston thing. Boston. Spanish? Possish? No. So, um, but I always thought when he pulls her out that she's, he's somehow like pulled her so hard that she was bleeding around the neck i am probably the only person in the world who thinks that watch this movie but i've thought that many times but now that i actually sat and watched it and you could see it i don't think you could fully see it like the old vhs which was pretty grainy but but i think you can you can see it here like she's putting a ribbon around her head and, and then that's yeah troublesome and she dives in i will say if you want to enjoy um a moment she's a lovely gal and look at so so the moment so so she takes her top off, and then she kind of poises her... Poises? She's she's poised, and then she dives in. Right when she's poised, right before she dives in, and, and this is going to sound like I'm being a perv, but sort of go frame by frame because there's a moment in there right before she di- the pool must must water must have been cold because right before she dives in she gets a look on her face like oh god i'm gonna do this kind of thing like just look at her face look at it it's i just noticed it this time because i i was watching it and then i pa- I paused it to take a note and then when i look back at the screen i was like she literally has a look on her face like you know i don't want to do this uh which is great um you know i could talk about i mean yeah yeah most of the scene is her most of this this these minutes is her um like the okay so the beginning is the killer now i didn't realize i i i, I had i don't think i mentioned this but when she throws him the kendall the note in the previous minute in the far left hand bottom corner of the screen you can see the black gloved hand of the killer You wouldn't have been able to see it in the VHS, uh, the PANIS scan or the cropped version, but you would have seen it here. And I I don't think I ever noticed that before, which is pretty effing cool, which means he's standing there, which means he's chosen her. like Because we talk about like if the first gal, the one who got decapitated, is the gal we thought ran into the glass but didn't. So he must have seen her, kept an eye on her, and then found a moment he could kill her same here he's keeping an eye on her and then he reads the note realizes that's where i can go and goes there and he and and it's funny I'm, p- p- part of me is um part of me is thinking um there's a moment where he goes to get the chainsaw where it's like what he brought in the chainsaw he was walking down the hall with the chainsaw um i think because it's like Kendall Kendall's like, meet you in an hour. I think he he sees that and he's like, Okay, so so I have some time. So he's basically like he leaves the room very quickly, steady cam wise, gets the chainsaw, gets it to the room, sets it on a shelf behind like um some sort of like changing um wooden thing in the court you know what i'm talking about when you see it and and hid the chainsaw there so it's like when he goes with the chainsaw it's, it's ridiculous um but it's also he had an hour if he saw what was going on so so he could have easily put that there um of course he could have also easily hid there but but he probably like hid in a room and then when she went by he he followed her in um Yeah, I don't don't know how much I should talk about these two gals, the three gals talking all together. Francine, Susan, and the gal with the colorful shirt. They do make fun of Professor Brown, calling him the campus queen. Um, I don't, there's no, I, I, yeah, yeah, I I don't know. Um, Campus closet queen. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know, you know, enjoy yourself, Professor Brown. You got a good living. You probably, I imagine you have tenure. So and I, this is the early '80s, and I know that there would have been problems. But do whatever the hell you want. You got tenure, and we love you because you're Jack Taylor. Uh, And so, and so, this is this weird little moment, which, which, which is almost kind of redundant. I, I guess it's trying to is is it trying to make him more of a red herring by implying that he might be gay, which is I'm sorry, as gross as that is to say, but but is that kind of but that doesn't. That doesn't make any sense because we saw the kid putting together the the, the puzzle of the naked gal. And I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just I don't I don't understand the purpose of the scene apart from being goofy. It is also one of those scenes where if you watch everyone's lips and how everyone is talking, it's clear when you when you look at it the like no one who's doing the voices is trying to match anything up with anything and they're just saying things and so if you look at the mouse when they speak especially the uh, what do they say about sugar no one seems to say that and i'm sure in the spanish version which i didn't watch because there was a lot more going on in these four minutes than i thought um in the spanish version they probably don't say that i will get back to you on that maybe we'll do a little addenda at the end of the episode, but um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Oh, he's, he's the campus closet queen. Who cares? I mean, I guess this is the kind of thing folks gossiped about in that time. Um, and it's interesting because it kind of makes Susan or Jenny or whatever the hell her name is. It t- it makes her a little gross, hot. But gross, and so yeah, so it, she she strips down, and she, she's, she's in a, a bikini bottoms, and and then it ends with the chainsaw. You don't see anything. The chainsaw kind of just like goes, like point of not 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 we're the point of view of Jenny Susan as the camera as the chainsaw kind of goes in front of us, and some blood spatters, and then we get the kind of nerdy guy and Francine sitting at the. Francine isn't wearing the jean jacket that she's wearing. I think it's the same. Uh, woman they look um it's funny because they have folks who look very american mixed in with folks who look very spanish i guess and and so it, it's so, so it's like for every moment where it's like okay we're on a boston campus in madrid okay yeah so and i, I talked about these four minutes longer than I, the when i first watched these four minutes i thought okay i almost did a one minute one I almost just covered minute eighteen because minute eighteen begins with Kendall kind of looking up, you know, Susan Jenny's ass and uh, throwing the paper, and then it ends with with Susan Jenny uh, going to the uh, arriving at the pool and going alongside the pool and those huge windows which provide so much privacy, and I almost did that, but then I thought we'd call this the saga of Jenny Susan, and we take it to the point where. She gets hit with a saw because in the next minute, I think, in the next minute, we will find out what happened to her. And it's one of those wonderfully crazy early 80s slasher moments that you, if you watch enough of the American ones, or the Canadian ones, like that were edited, you know, like we have like My Bloody Valentine, you know, like, you know, for most of my li- and I, I sound like a really old man, for most of my life, like My Bloody Valentine was this extremely edited film that we knew was edited but it was a pretty taut horror film and there was the the implication of gore and craziness but now we have the the Scream Factory Blu-ray and they put all all but I think one scene of the gore back I, I think the couple in the on the couch or whatever the heck that is in the mine near the end their their moment is missing but they put all the gore back and suddenly my bloody valentine has gone from being this this what I just said it was to being this taut horror gore fest and so pieces is one of those lucky ones that didn't pass through the mpaa and and it's no one under 17 admitted and it is gore central and we're gonna get some great stuff there in the next minute but in this minute you know we got jenny and susan who you know her her mores were her mores of the day and she had her shiny pants and she wanted to have sex with kendall in the water and she got snagged with that fishing net i um it's funny. I always thought with that fishing net, like if the fishing net went over my head and someone began to pull me, and I was in the water, I would reach up and grab the bit of the net that was under my like chin, and just just kind of pull back and try to pull pull myself under the net. Because he doesn't have the chainsaw with him, he's just got a friggin' net, a tiny fishing pool net. So there's every good chance that you're in the pool and he's probably not going to go in the pool. So you might be all right. So I've talked about these four minutes much longer than I thought I would. I just want to end with, does no one notice this? I, I think I mentioned this in the last minute. Does no one notice this hatted, trench-coated, black-gloved, creepy guy steady-camming around the library? I mean, it could be that The person who's the killer is sort of so high up in the school that you're like, "Mm, I ignore him. Some of these moments when he's creeping around like this, especially in the library where there are all those people there. You think someone would be like, hey, but they don't. They're not. Hmm. So that was Pieces and Pieces, Episode 6. I think I got everything in there. I don't know. I don't know. I wrote some notes down. European... I don't know what that note is. I, you know, half my notes I, I don't actually go off of. I'm, I'm just binging off of my mind and what I've just watched. So, so, so yeah. The next minute is going to begin. Apparently, Susan uh, Jenny has been killed, and Francine is studying. And some goofy-looking nerd and guy is uh, approaching her. And I guess we'll go from there. Let's um, let's see what happens next, folks. Uh, pieces and pieces. Episode seven will cover minutes. Eh. Listen to this. Addendum. I won't go too crazy here, but I did watch the Spanish version just now. And during the whole... Uh, sequence in the pool and everything—it's all the dun 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 kind of thing. It's all the piano playing the exact same thing we've heard before. I imagine wouldn't folks have gone mad by this point, hearing that same freaking theme playing over and over again? I don't know. It's it's scary, but it's uh, the I love blondes playing makes it kind of sexy like something sexy is going to happen the sort of dour instrumental piano playing when she's taking her clothes off just makes you think like she's dead why bother and and i will say that um i'm 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 doing specifically the english dub version but the the um the uh uh do 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 the spanish version is is slightly longer so so we finish at the end of 21 minutes, where you see the the the, the chainsaw whoo, slice in front of us, and then the nerdy guy comes in as Francine is there. This one actually ends at 22 minutes. Let me, let me just look here. OK. 22 minutes and about two seconds in. A little over a minute longer, we get to the same moment here. So there's a full minute of extra pieces going on in here. And I, like I said, I've never actually watched the Spanish one all the way through because I find the soundtrack a little tough going. And wrapping it up here with the conversation that the gals have when they see Professor Brown is very different. There's no campus closet queen. It's like, oh, there he is. He's a little weird. Well, he's always by himself. And then Francie says, how sexy. And it's, oh, oh, and they laugh and see you later. And then they go, and there's no the sugar and all that stuff. That's pure, like, for your height only um, goofball Burial ground. You're getting a rise out of me, but it has nothing to do with money, uh, kind of thing. It's just, um, yeah. So, so, yeah. So the English scene is uh, there. There's no intimation in the Spanish version that he's the campus closet queen. And here he's kind of sexy, and I don't know. There, there are two different films going on. I, you know, I just want to kind of sit down and throw on Alien Two on Earth, which I only have an Italian dub of, so there can be no ambiguity. Do 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 Where's that music from? I know that. Shit.